It was the Connor Timmons show in the least dominant preseason win over the Buffalo Sabres. We'll have that discussion, break down tonight's game, and go around the league a little bit with some cosign, no sign. All that more on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leafs centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. We are coming at you uh, right after the Leafs just down the Buffalo Sabres, getting their first win in preseason. Uh, a 5-2 was the final uh, out at Joe Thornton Community Center in St. Thomas. And uh, it was interesting, when they have those games uh, at rinks that aren't NHL buildings, it's difficult to kind of know what's going on from a statistical perspective. I, I quickly realized there's no shot clock, and then you like go onto the score app to go see, okay, well, what's going on? Who's got the goals? Who's got the points? You know, how much ice time does somebody have hits, whatnot? And that's also not tracked by them. And it's just like, ugh, I got to go and search for all this information now. And it makes things very difficult for guys like us when they play in these uh, in these rinks. But it's cool for the community. And it looked like, you know, all the kids and families um, who are who are in the St. Thomas area uh, at Joe Thorne Community Center enjoyed themselves uh, with a nice Leafs victory tonight. Yeah, it, it's funny because on the Discord, I think I got a message just after 7 o'clock saying, oh, didn't realize the game had already started like a half hour ago or about a half hour ago. A little late to this one. I'm like, yeah, I think, uh, and I, I, my witty reply was, I think they, they, they need to have Shinny late at night, and I think they had to kick the NHL out of there. <laughs> oh, I saw that, and I, I actually did have, like, I laughed out loud. Like, I LOL'd in real life. I was, that was a great joke. I'll give I you appreciate a, that, one. that one. I've been in quite a few rings to know that that, sh- that literally does happen in a lot of cases. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially, like, places like that, right? They got the the old-timer skate at, uh, at 10 p.m., so these guys got to be off by 9 so we can flood the ice and get the old-timers in at 10 o'clock. You know, they still got to get their hockey in, that's for sure. Um, but now, like, in all seriousness, you know, the, the, the Leafs, probably their best performance of the preseason, uh, and not just because they won. I mean, again, if we're going to preach that the result doesn't matter when they lose, I'm going to preach the same thing. The result doesn't matter when they when they win either. It's about the process and how it looked. And I thought that it looked okay. And I thought that uh, one guy stood out amongst the rest. And that was Connor Timmons, man. That guy had himself a night. Two goals, two assists, four point effort. He's got six points so far through two preseason games. You know, I thought that he, uh, you know, broke up a couple of plays in his own end as well. Looking pretty good. Looked confident with the puck. Was making some plays. Um, I mean, this guy's really making a case to to stick with this team uh, when it comes time to to set this roster. It's going to be an interesting decision for Sheldon Keefe when it comes to Connor Timmons after a game like that. Remember when I said I wasn't really like Connor Timmons was all right in that first preseason game. And somebody in the comments said, you know, he had two assists in the game. Give him a little more respect. I'll give him that. He puts up points. 
But now we're seeing that maybe, you know, he's he's that's all he does now. He puts up offense when I've been complaining that the Leafs don't have enough guys that put up offense. And Connor Tim is like, hey, dummy, I'm right here. <laughs> like, I'm here to put up offense and, and like not cheap offense. Right. Like doing smart things offensively, like the goal, the don't I think it was the Domi goal that he had that assist, the breakout assist yeah. to get him out of the penalty box. Like that's in a way what they're kind of hoping John Klingberg brings, right? Maybe to another hell higher F- echelon. But like Connor Timmons, that's all he does is puts up points. So I will give a Connor Timmons a little bit of an apology. He definitely wants to make this roster out of camp. It's just. Yeah. I just hope this is one of those where it's going to be so tough for him. It's going to be tough because it's going to be a numbers game and it's going to be a cap game. If it was a 23-man roster, no doubt in my mind, he's the seventh defenseman. He's making the team. The problem is, you know, he's making $1.1 million and, you know, that could be fully buried, you know, in the minors for this Leafs team. But if he's playing like that, I mean, this guy's not going to get through waivers, right? So so now the Leafs are going to have to think to themselves, okay, how can we keep this 1.1 on the books? And then also somehow ice a full, you know, twenty man roster opening night. I I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. Uh, p- potentially, um, there could be a much easier route in that happening, and that would be if an injury occurred. And we did see an injury happen in tonight's game. It sounds like John Klingberg, um, who did leave the game in the first period, uh, did not return in this game. Sheldon Keith post game said that he, you know, just a little tightness, felt tight, something acted up, and. He decided to uh, to you know stay out of the game and he'll be reevaluated tomorrow. Um, but if Klingberg is is out or misses some time um, due to some injury, that that makes things a lot easier to try and fit in a guy like Connor Timmins who could you know literally fill in as you know a right shot defenseman who could kind of take over some of that playmaking ability uh, from the back end. But you know before we move on to Klingberg, I just like Connor Timmins. You you said it. All he does is actually provide some offense when he's out there. Like last year, played 25 games with the Maple Leafs, had 14 points. And that 14 points was, um, you look at points per 60, led all Leafs defensemen in points per 60 with 2.15 points per 60. Morgan Riley just 1.74. So, you know, a pretty good lead in that category as well. So very productive whenever he's out there. And that's in limited minutes. Um, so good things are happening when this guy's on the ice. He's still only 25 years old, which means, you know, he still could turn into something. We know he's lost a lot of uh, development due to the concussion issues and the injury woes earlier in his career. But if he can stay healthy, this could be a make or break year for Connor Timmons. And, you know, the way that he's looked so far through a couple games here in, uh, in preseason, He's making a strong, strong case that he does deserve to be with this Leafs team because, you know, what we were getting back to earlier, Dave, I think there's a lot of clubs out there that would look at Connor Timmons if he get hits the waiver wire that will be looking to make a claim and bring him onto their team. I, I think so. I, we, I have this discussion with someone that says, is Kyle Dubas just going to swoop in and take Connor Timmons again? Good. Right? Like he, he could if Pittsburgh has the cap space for it. But – in this case, when you have an injury to an offensive defenseman like John Klingberg, you don't feel bad about losing him if you have a Connor Timmins right behind that can step in. It would be it'd be nice if his cap hit was a little bit lower, so then you could 
you know, realistically see a, a way to get him onto the team. But yeah, that's that's a tough that's a tough one because like the Leafs have had those issues over the years where they just like we can't keep this guy because our cap space is so like I look at you know when they had well maybe this is not it was a, it was a cap related reason but it wasn't a player that I was sad to it was like when Jimmy VC was taken there was two guys actually it was VC and somebody else taken that was taken by Vancouver it was another forward uh, yeah he was uh, he's playing on Washington had a decent season actually for for the or for Arizona Boyd Tyler Boyd Tyler Boyd right. Like it's guys like that where okay, yeah, they're not staples in the lineup, but they're just solid players that you want to keep around. But then the salary cap's like, well, sorry, you can't. And now other teams is like, okay, we're gonna take you from the Leafs. Yeah, I think those are like midseason ones. Those ones, a bit yeah. of a different situation. But to your point, it does seem like Toronto always had guys plucked uh, off the waiver wire, um, and. This is at least a player that would make some sense. Remember when Harry Sateri, when they signed him like a day or two before the trade deadline, and then they had to pass him through waivers because that's what happens when you sign someone midseason like that. They have to clear waivers, and uh, he ends up getting claimed and then like played one game for Arizona. And, got and we're just all like, of course it was Arizona. Like, yeah, it's like, oh my God, what? Why did you have to claim this this player? Like, this player was was brought into Toronto for a reason. Like, what the heck? I remember that being the case. Um, but yeah, Connor Timmins, like he's I, he's he's getting to a point here with with these games, the plays that he made, like that play on the uh, wasn't Lafferty's goal. That was Nice's play. It was the. Um, uh, who else scored tonight? Domi, Lafferty, and Clifford. Kyle Clifford. Yeah, Kyle Clifford. Kyle Clifford goal, where he just kind of jumped up into the rush, jumped ahead of the, the defender, ends up getting the puck, and then just makes a nice little cross-ice pass. And, uh, you know, that was I think that was the 4-2 goal. That a little bit of insurance um, for, for the Leafs. Like, just a smart play. And I know it's preseason, and, you know, it wasn't a full NHL lineup that he was playing against tonight, so you got to take – some of the performance with a grain of salt. Uh, obviously, it sounds like we're fawning over the guy, but I just think that it's you know nice to see uh, a guy like Connor Timmins, who certainly is fighting for a, a roster spot here, come out and have himself a heck of a game. And I mean, we'll see what happens with uh, with that uh, with that whole situation. Uh, Klingberg, though, if, if he's going to miss time, you think that is a much easier path. For Connor Timmons to make this club, but uh, hopefully uh, that's not a serious injury and it is just a bit of a tweak. And day to day, a couple days, he'll be good to go and get a couple more uh, preseason games in to try and keep building some chemistry with this group. Um, before we uh, before we get into some cosign no sign, let's take a a quick break. We'll get back and we'll quickly touch on a couple other players uh, that we liked from tonight's game with the Leafs winning five to two over the Sabers in preseason action. So we'll get to that on the other side. Uh, but before we get into it, let me tell you all about one of today's show sponsors. And it's one of our new sponsors here on the network. It's DoorDash. Missing the syrup for your pancakes or just run out of your favorite coffee creamer? With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. You trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites. And now you can get grocery delivery service that actually delivers too. With thousands of groceries to choose from. You'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or 
they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. You want even more value? You can save on all of your groceries at restaurant uh, favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a DoorDash Pass membership with easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support. DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order, up to $20 value when you use the code LOCKED at checkout. Limited time offer terms apply. That's 50% off. To up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKED. That's code LOCKED for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We're a host here on the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. You can find us uh, wherever you stream your podcast from audio-wise, you know, wherever you get them from, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, wherever. Uh, also up on YouTube, where you can go and, and watch the video version of the show. Um, so Leafs with a 5-2 win over the Sabres. We're recapping it. We just talked about Timmons and his monster performance. Uh, anybody else who stuck out to you in tonight's game, Dave? Well, obviously, Matthew Nyes, he made some great plays in this game. It's just that guy is so strong, especially when he has the puck. It's hard not to not to notice when he's making those plays. I thought Easton Cowan was a little. He got got off to a bit of a slow start, but we saw some we saw some uh, saw some moments from him, and it was interesting that two they were saying two years ago he was playing as like a just a junior hockey player in that rank, and then two years later he's playing in a preseason NHL game. I, I thought that. I thought it was pretty cool. And Noah Gregor, I think he's, again, like, I, this, I think his speed is something that this team will benefit from if uh, it looks like he's probably going to sign. I know they yeah. got to make that all work, like, in terms of, like, the salary cap. But, like, you can waive guys that you feel like are, like, there's so many guys. And there's guys who are going to be on, on the IR. I think Dylan Gambrell right now has got a con- concussion likely going to be seeing some time on IR that's going to open up a roster spot for someone like a Noah Gregor too. So I like what I see from him. I think he, I think there might, if he gets more comfortable, especially offensively, there's some offensive opportunities that can come from him too. Yeah. I mean, his guy's got like all gas, but no finish type of guy, right? Like he's, <laughs> he's, got a, he's, a, he's like a Michael Grabner light. Yeah, like that's pretty much what he could do for it, except I don't think he has the capability to score in 35 like Michael Grabber did once upon a time. But, uh, you know, I, I think that you bring speed for both the forecheck, the backcheck, you know, give David Camp, uh, if he ends up, you know, skating on the fourth line with him, another guy who's got some speed to his game, similarly to the way that, you know, him and Engvall had a lot of success together last year. Uh, maybe Noah Gregor could be, you know, that guy who could skate with him. Because uh, we know it's not, it ain't gonna be Revo, so I could be Ryan Reeves skating up ice with with David Camp. He'll be trailing a little bit, but if he's got someone else on the other flank, I think that'll work out well. But um, yeah, I liked Noah Gregor tonight as well. You know, I, I thought that there was a lot of the depth players really made uh, the case for themselves. Like Sam Lafferty, I thought had a really good game. Obviously, he scored the shorthanded goal. Great play by Matthew Nyes on that. By the way, get the block, go up ice. And then get a ni- make a nice move to get past Owen Power, a pretty solid defenseman, and then get the puck over to uh, to Lafferty for the one timer. 
Um, thought he has had a good game. Pontus Holmberg, another solid showing for him. Mm, I really liked what I saw from him. Yeah, yeah. I, I I really liked his first game, and then he followed it up with a solid second game. So there's going to be some tough decisions here for the coaching staff, and these are the good kind of decisions too, where it's like I want to play all these guys. All of these players deserve to be every night NHLers. Um, but it, it's going to be a numbers game, unfortunately, and. All three of these players that we just talked about, Holmberg, Lafferty, um, uh, and Connor Timmins, not all three of them, in my opinion, are going to make this roster, unfortunately. So we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, Noah Gregor, another one of those players who we could toss into the mix there. So we'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, we should also note that Max Domi got his first as a Maple Leaf, not too far from uh, somewhere he played a lot of hockey at back in, in junior from uh, from London. but. Good to see Domi score a goal uh, coming out of the box there on the on the breakaway, coming off of the the penalty kill. Nice nice feed also from Connor Timmons as you mentioned earlier to spring Domi on that. Um, so yeah, good, all around you know did a decent game for the Maple Leafs. The score doesn't really matter, but there was enough good performances uh, to be pleased with what happened tonight. I would say the the, the lone you know thing that we're all going to be wondering about is how serious is this Klingberg injury? Is it just, you know, a little blip day to day, or is it something that might linger? Uh, again, we'll have more information on that tomorrow uh, when he sees the doctors and when the Leafs let us know what's up with him. All right, we'll take one more quick break. Dave, when we get back, let's play some cosine, no sign. It's been a little bit since we've played it. It's one of our favorite segments here on the show. We both have a Leafs take. We both got a, a take. Uh, we'll, we'll go around the league a little bit with uh, with uh, a take about something going on outside of Toronto. So we'll do that on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. You're listening to the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back into the Lockdown Leafs podcast. This is Mike DiStefano and David Morissuti. Uh, all right, let's play some cosign, no sign. Um, if you're an everydayer and you've been – Along for the ride for a couple of years here with us now. You, you know how the game is played. Uh, if you're new to the show, appreciate you giving us uh, a, a shot here. Uh, we do ask that if you are new, give us a little subscribe. Give us a nice thumbs up on the video as well. Interact with us in the comment section down below. We will respond, and uh, we'd love to hear everyone's thoughts. So, you know, let us know your thoughts on these cosign and no signs. Uh, so let's get right to it. Um, the game is played this way. Very simple for the newcomers. Uh, we're going to make a statement to each other. If we agree with it, we're going to co-sign it. If we disagree, we're going to no-sign it. So uh, why don't we kick things off? Dave, why don't you start this time? Yeah, um, mine is I think the Leafs will make a trade to help alleviate some of their cap issues before final rosters are due. <laughs> Interesting. So this kind of stems off of yesterday's conversation. We we're talking about Cali uh, Arncroft, and potentially there could be something afoot there. They're saying it's just an injury, but you know who knows what really could be going on behind the scenes. Um, yeah, this is an interesting one because you know I think we all expected for Brad Trilliving to do something a little bit bigger and bolder this offseason in the trade market. Um, didn't quite pull the trigger on anything. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to in the next couple of weeks either. So I think I'm going to no-sign it for now. Um, it'd be nice if he could bring in a, a solid defenseman, a top-four type guy, um, to help this, this club. But 
I I, I don't know if I see it happening at this point uh, midway through camp. So I'm I'm going to to no sign it. I I I just don't see it happening. Well, I want to throw it out there. I, I... well, who else outside of of Yarncroft do you think could? be considered a a possibility to open up cap space though like he's kind of the only guy if you feel like connor timmons isn't going to make your team like if you're gonna have to put on waivers i would be trying to see if a team will give you anything for him okay so you're including like some depth yeah like like just something like that even because i don't like i don't like the idea of losing connor timmons for nothing or having them go on waivers at this point because you need the defensive depth but if you're planning on him not being on your roster, like just see if a team will give you anything from him because this be like a waste to just let him walk for let him walk to another team. Yeah, yeah. If if we're including guys like that who like waiver eligible dudes, then then perhaps maybe we see something. But I don't see that as a cap clearing move though. So that's kind of why I, I no signed it. But <laughs> might we see one trade of some kind? Um from the Maple Leafs uh, by by the start of the season, I think that could be there, there could be a case for that, a little depth move of some kind. Um, all right, solid. Uh, cosign, no sign, Dave. We kind of talked about this all a little bit, so you you, you stole the thunder. Oops. But uh, my cosign, no sign, Noah Gregor will be in the Leafs opening night lineup. I, I'm gonna, I will, uh, I'll cosign that. They they clearly like something with him when they sign him on that PTO. Yeah. And it's not like you can say, okay, Noah Gregor, who's doing what Noah Gregor's doing right now in terms of bringing that speed element to the lineup. There's not a lot of guys that have the speed he provides, like the breakout speed. Maybe Lafferty is like his closest comparable. Other than that, like I don't know who else I can say that brings that. And, and like when I talk about speed, I mean, breakout speed and just the hustle. And as you said, all gas, no break. Mm-hmm. So this is how I'm reading the situation with Noah Gregor. Very similarly to the Zach Aston Reese situation a year ago here in Toronto. He was on a PTO, but there was always an understanding that he was going to sign a contract with the team. But for whatever reason, it's just it's, it's a PTO right now. I've always kind of had that same feeling about Noah Gregor. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an understanding that he is going to sign and he's going to be a Maple Leaf. Things would have really had to have gone bad during this PTO for it not to happen, which the opposite has occurred, where I think he's actually kind of played well um, and, and certainly has earned a roster spot. But I feel like it was almost a given that he was going to earn a contract anyways. I think it'll be somewhere like league minimum probably is, is what he'll end up making. Um, which will obviously make it a lot easier to fit that into the cap as opposed to some of the other guys who are fighting for one of those fourth-line roles, um, which is why he could end up on the open net roster and some of these other guys might not, like a Nick Robertson or um, potentially you know Pontus Holmberg. Weirdly, I heard something about Matthew Knights um, just based off of contract situations. There's, there's a possibility where they may not be able to, to – you know, allow Nyes to dress in the first night um, for whatever reasons. Um, I don't know if that will come to fruition, but I did see something about that. But I think Noah Gregor is a guy who is pretty much penciled in as uh, an every night fourth liner for this Leafs team right now. So I'm, I'm with you. I think he's there as well. If you really want to get Leafs fans upset, 
don't have Matthew Nyes in the opening night lineup because of cap reasons. That will get way what more. Last year? Remember it happened last year though with Nick Robertson. Nick Robertson earned a spot on the roster over yeah. Dennis Mulligan. Now Dennis Mulligan, it's not that he didn't play well, but like Robertson, a lot of people, if if contracts and cap and whatnot were not a, a problem, Robertson would have gotten the nod over Mulligan. But because Mulligan, A, was waiver exempt and was cheaper, um, or wasn't waiver exempt, yeah, and Nick Robertson yeah. was, and Mulligan was cheaper, he made the opening night lineup and he ended up playing the first couple of weeks in the season before eventually getting traded. But so it's it's something we've seen happen before, right? So that's why it's it could happen again, depending on how everything plays out with this team and and with the cap, and if they want to try and keep Connor Timmins and try and keep you know some other players, or maybe they do make a trade, or maybe John Klingberg ends up on IR for a week or two to start the season, and then none of this matters when it comes to you know trying to fit things in the cap and finagle and you know Brandon Pritiming things. Uh, maybe they'll just be able to take the best players. Uh, but for now, uh, I think Noah Gregor's a, a strong bet to, to make this team sign a, an actual deal and uh, be in the Leafs open night lineup. All right, give me your around the league cosign, no sign. Uh, this is this is a tough one because there's like, not, like, you're not hearing a whole heck of a lot, but there is one player that remains unsigned. And he is doing some rehab work right now. Um, as his agents made sure to make everyone aware that Patrick Kane is available and he's skating. So mine is that Patrick Kane will sign two weeks into the season. He's not going to wait that long to sign. Was there an update along with like a timeline with Patrick Kane? I, I didn't see a timeline. I'm not sure if maybe you did, if there's like, he should be good to go by November or anything like that. I think, um, I think Elliot Freeman mentioned something about uh, Patrick can actually, let me see if I can find that. that yeah. Check, check and see if there's something about a, a timeline there of maybe when he's expected to be ready to go. Cause um, I, if, if he's ready to go like before American Thanksgiving, then yeah, I could see him signing a deal you know, in the next month or so, if he's going to be more Christmas new year type of thing, uh, I think it would probably be better if for a him actually best for him, just kind of wait it out, see what's going on. Give him a couple of months to realize what teams are for real, what teams are legit, who's actually going to be in a pursuit for the Stanley cup. Um, And I think it, it, it makes no sense if he's going to be out for, you know, two, three months to sign that early. Um, so I think it'd be dependent on his timeline. So Elliot Freeman's tweet was basically saying Kane had hip resurfacing surgery on John one is very much folks return to the NHL over the next few weeks. So but is, that, is that a, does that mean he's ready to go though? Like, I, I mean, just because you're skating doesn't mean that he's going to be ready to play anytime soon. Well, the thing is, is he's not doing light skating. Like the video, I, I'll I'll show the video for anyone that hasn't seen it. Those are our watch on YouTube. I'll share the video. See, like he's not doing light workouts. He's doing like cuts and and things like that. So like this is not a guy who's, you know, he's ta- he's doing slap shots. He's doing curls around the ice. So I I do think he's maybe closer than 
that's why I think a few weeks might work. But yeah, you're right. He might just wait it out. Why why rush yourself when you could potentially look and see who's there? So the question, this, the follow-up I have on it is, actually, it's a follow-up question for you, is who would be the ideal landing spot for Patrick Kane? <sighs> is it with a contender, or is it with a team that you have kind of a hush-hush, trade me to a contender when the time comes? Contender. You just sign with a contender. and It's going to be like one of those deals. He's made enough money in his career where I don't think he's looking to get top dollar. Like he'll sign a, a $1 million contract and just kind of go play there. I don't see this being a situation where, you know, he goes and lights it up in Arizona for, you know, three months and then they trade him at half retained. I, I mean, I don't think that would make any sense for Patrick Kane to do that. Um, so I probably would lean contender or I definitely lean contender but the question is like, where where is he gonna go? You know, there's a couple of teams that stick out to me. Uh, I'm not sure if Buffalo is a. I don't believe they're a cup contender yet, but they are a young, up and coming team. He's a Buffalo guy. Potentially, does he go there and go home for for the year and maybe sign a two year deal potentially? And he goes two years in Buffalo, and then next year is maybe when they take that next step. Perhaps that that could be a, a possibility. I wouldn't rule out the Leafs either. Like, let's be honest. I, I don't think you should rule them out as an option because, you know, there was interest last year. Patrick Kane uh, did say that he would play for Toronto. He, You know, there was a, a time before he got traded to the Rangers that it seemed likely that the Leafs might pull the trigger on a Patrick Kane deal. Um, so I think they're definitely a team in consideration. you got to think Tampa. you got to think Colorado's going to be in the mix. and. Uh, teams like that, maybe Carolina potentially could be in the mix. They're always looking to to well, they've been looking to try and get over the edge for how long now? And if you could bring in, you know, a multi-time Stanley Cup champion like Patrick Kane, that would be a huge boost uh, for them. So I think there's a bunch of teams that that should be interested in Patrick Kane. Uh, any team that's looking to win a Stanley Cup, because although he's still not, he's not Showtime. He's not the guy he used to be anymore. And we saw that last year in New York. Granted, he was hurt. He had some injury, uh, and he couldn't really skate as well. And apparently this is the surgery he had should help him. Um, he's still going to be a, a heck of an addition to anyone's middle six, right? So um, certainly he'll be back in the NHL. The timeline of that, though, uh, remains to be seen, I think. The teams I look at potentially are other than Buffalo, because I think you've seen Buffalo because of that connection there. New Jersey, yeah, right. Uh, New Jersey, Carolina, and maybe Boston. Vegas, Vegas. Yeah, you can't always say no to Vegas. They're or, always, always in the mix for guys. Or maybe the LA Kings. How would Chicago Blackhawks fans feel if he goes and becomes an LA King after all those? Yeah, don't, love it. don't think they'd love it. But like those are teams there. Like LA is the intriguing one for me because you know they had to give up a lot to get Dubois. Wouldn't it be nice if they could add a little bit of like offense to that? And I think Patrick Kane would fit in a lot of ways on that team. Yeah, yeah, he totally would. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. That's uh, a story to kind of monitor throughout the first few weeks uh, of the uh, of the NHL season where. Does Patrick Kane land? And when did the Patrick Kane sweepstakes occur? Um, 
All right. Cosine, no sign, Dave. One of Shane Pinto, Trevor Zegers, or Jamie Drysdale will continue their holdouts, miss the entire training camp, and even some regular season games. Pinto's one where if Ottawa makes a trade to get rid of some cap space, to get some cap space, I could see him signing. So I think he's the one where I feel like they're closer. They just got to figure out a way to make it make room for it. Which is weird because the Ducks have the most cap space of any yeah. team in the <laughs> Yeah, I think I honestly think Trevor's if I'm thinking a guy is Trevor Zegris. He just seems to be he's I think he's digging in his heels really. And like Drysdale well, is the one that surprised me that they're not done that one yet because of his role and what he is to that team. Zegris, I'm not as surprised. It, it feels like maybe they're trying to dig in with him for some reason. Well, Zegers is delusional if he thinks he's worth Jack Hughes' money. Well, yeah, a lot. Yeah, for sure. He is, and I don't know what the numbers are that are going back and forth between you know Zegers and, and the Anaheim camp. I don't know if you've seen any figures. I um, think Billy Freeman actually had that in 32 Thoughts. Perfect. Uh, let me find the – I don't want to – It's on my reading list tonight, actually. His latest 32 Thoughts. That Maybe. Yeah, that came out – just after our episode the other day when we record. Yeah, so I think the the Ducks were offering Zegers between three and four million per season. Mm. Um, I think that they were trying to come together on a three year deal. Which is a low ball. That's that's a low ball on Trevor Zegers. But I don't think that he's worth, you know, seven, eight million either. You know, I think somewhere in, in the middle you come up with a uh, a contract. Because here's the thing with Zegers. I'm. I don't think he's as good as advertised. I think he's a little overrated. There's personally, showman, there's a bit of showmanship with him, like right. He's, he's very much a, a show pony. Like when you actually watch his games, he's not doing a whole lot. He's not that great in his own end. And I know he's playing for you know a pretty trash team out in Anaheim. There's not a lot of help there, but he only like is two straight years where he's only put up sixty points. For a guy who is touted as a franchise player and a transcending player in the National Hockey League, you'd think he'd put up more than 60 points if he's being touted as an offensive star in the league. You know what I mean? Right. I think Zegers is a little overrated. So, And I think they look at that too and they're like, well, you don't actually perform like some of the superstars in the league who are getting these contracts. Like, I think he's a guy who's probably in the 4 to $5 million range Maybe like a Tyler Bertuzzi type of deal where he can sign, you know, five, five and a half million on like a two, three year deal and then punt it down the road for a couple of seasons, a little bit of a bridge, and then see where things are at when the cap grows. And then also kind of you look and, and say, okay, did you eclipse that 70, 80 point totals? Are you now a point per game guy? Did you take that next step, you know, in, at 23, 24, 25 years old? I think that would be best case scenario for both of those sides. Um, that being said, it, it, you know, I guess the, the question was, are they going to continue to hold out? You know, are both sides going to be that dumb where they don't come to an agreement? It'd be it'd be brutal if any of these players, like there's, they're all very young and they need to play games and they need to be there in camp and, and get the ball rolling, start the season on time. Um, but we've seen it before here in Toronto, right? Willie did it. Marner yeah. took it all to, to like the start of training camp, but he he made it to camp. 
You know, these guys aren't in camp. They're halfway through. Uh, we'll see if they end up signing deals at some point here. And if not, going to miss some uh, some regular season games. And that's going to cost them money. Yeah, let's see what Pat Brisson. Pat, Pat Brisson's got some work to do for Zegras. I don't know who uh, Drysdale's agent. But yeah, it's going to that. Those are going to be some very interesting contracts and situations. Anaheim should be the easier one to figure out because they don't have the cap issues that Ottawa has. Ottawa literally needs a bailout. Yeah. Well, it looks like Matthew Joseph. I was kind of perusing Twitter tonight. You know, while watching. Eve game sounds like he's having himself a night uh, for the Senators. So, and that's a player that is being kind of shopped around as a, a a guy who they're looking to clear like three ish million off the books, and he's he's showcasing himself tonight to some teams. He certainly I think is. Flyers. I, I I think Freeman did say the Flyers yeah. were the team that, but they're not going to make it easy. They they're going to tell the Senators, "You're going to give us this half decent player, but you're also going to give us assets." I can't wait for that to happen so I can, we can, because it's not just the least to have to do that stuff anymore. Well, here's the thing with the Sens. Like, here's why they have such little cap space. A, they've signed their entire core to like $8 million deals. Yeah. But on top of that, um, they've got $5 million in dead money. Like, they're paying money to Bobby Ryan, Colin White, and Michael yeah. Delzato for buyouts. And then Matt Murray's retention is still on their books. 1.5 million like toronto gets the relief off ltir but the sends don't get any relief from that they, that's on their book still so they kind of got screwed over because that's that's probably where some of that money is is for uh you know to kind of bridge the gap here when it comes yeah. to Jane pinto like you know? that's close to what five million bucks there so yeah, i mean that for sure I, I think i heard like he only wants like maybe a one-year deal at like two and a half, three million, like basically just give me Joseph's money and then we're good. So if they can move on from, from Joseph and again, if he's going to perform like he, he did tonight in the preseason, a team's going to want to be like, okay, I'm, I want that guy. Actually, I know it's helping the senators, but it's also going to help our team. If he's going to turn into a decent top nine forward for our group. So, yeah, you can sit there and you could say, "Hey, you got to give us, you know, this, that, and the other if you want us to help you and take off Joseph." And it's like, well, do you want this really? You know, this player who looks like he might be finding, you know, his foot in the NHL as a, a you know, twenty-four-year-old player. If so, okay, give us a draft pick. Like, we don't need to add sweeteners. Just give us a, you know, a fourth, fifth-round draft pick for this player, and you have a useful guy. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. It's gonna be. Uh, it's it's going to be a interesting next couple of weeks here for all three of those free agents. Did you co-sign or no sign, by the way? Um, I can't remember now. I don't know if we came to a conclusion. So co-sign or, or no sign that one of those three players don't sign a deal and continue their holdout and miss regular season. Oh, no, I co-signed because I said that Trevor Zegers was going to hold out longer. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I said it without giving you the – it's almost like when you propose to someone – then they they get all emotional. It's like you haven't said yes or no yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I did to you. Yes, uh, is that yeah? Like I assume you're crying and like you're ripping the the ring out of the box and put it on your finger, but like you didn't say the word yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, good stuff, man. Fun show. Um, you know, at least we finally got to talk about a win for the first time this year. Um, the people in the comments who complain that we our apologists for the Leafs sometimes when they lose and there you go. They, they won you a game. 
And it took them long enough, huh? Yeah. It, it doesn't matter, though. Ultimately, it does not matter, the score here. I think somebody um, replied to one of the comments and said that the one one of the years that Chicago won their cup, they went like 0-7 in preseason and went on to win a Stanley Cup. So uh, if you're still bummed out about preseason records, don't be. Don't lose sleep over it. We'll get you a Klingberg um, update tomorrow, though, on the show. Uh, we do want to end today's show, though, by uh, giving our, our condolences to the Snow family. Uh, if you didn't see the news, Chris Snow, the assistant general manager in Calgary, a good friend of Leafs now, GM Bradshaw Living, um, he, he'd been battling ALS for uh, a couple of years now, and unfortunately, uh, it was reported that he went into cardiac arrest last night and passed away. Uh, so thoughts and prayers to the Snow family and anyone else out there uh, kind of battling that uh, that ugly disease. Uh, it's, it's it's tragic when stuff like that happens to uh, to good people because everything that I've heard from from anyone who's met Chris Snow in the hockey community has nothing but great things to say about the man. So it's unfortunate that uh, you know he was uh, taken so soon uh, and and you know so ugly by uh, by this disease. But um, you know so thoughts and prayers out to his family uh that'll do it for us here today on the podcast I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show you can subscribe to the locked on these podcasts on all podcast platforms also up on youtube receive daily leafs content follow myself on x formerly known as twitter uh at mickey underscore conduct follow dave at d underscore morisuti and follow the show as well at locked on leaves if you enjoyed what we had to say today go ahead leave a like comment down below your thoughts uh, on our co-sign, no signs. You think Timmins should be priority to, to make this team? Has he got a good chance? Let us know down below. I'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.